What up, it's D, and today we're going to be going over the COVID-19 lockdown and part of the things, that, or a bunch of things, I should say, that, you know, the normal media, the news, and all this other hype machine will probably never really tell you about. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Hi. My name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms, and don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now, if you ask someone stuff in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives and the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever. And I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut. And you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a spin on some things that people don't really talk about. I think we may have covered them lightly. However, I kind of want to get into some other stuff before we even go there about the lockdown. Okay. So here's what's kind of funny. This is just me on a personal scale talking with you, right? So um, this whole coronavirus thing. So at work, if you're anything like me, you're a person that you know, you, when you have a job and responsibilities, there's a lot on your plate, right? Uh, especially if you're married and, and you got kids. And um, so personally, I work in the finance industry. I work in, uh, you know, mortgages, right? And to say, to put it lightly, to say like the last week has been like 
week and a half or even close to two weeks have been one crazy emotional roller coaster would be a lie. You know, it's been crazy uh, to the point where, you know, sleep is nuts and all this other stuff. However, I digress. We don't need to get into that. Um, the bigger picture is, is that check this out. So um, for the longest time, I'm a huge proponent of guys, you know, eating fresh. If you've watched my, uh, you know, my YouTube video on how I'm able to like spoil my family with extremely healthy food um, and do so on a very easy budget, like dang near any budget, right? I'm shopping at like, you know, like pavilions and, um, you know, buying things that are, you know, just under the level of, you know, like Whole Foods and Bristol Farms, although I do like Whole Foods and Bristol Farms. Um, if you see how I'm able to do that for less than like McDonald's, you can really kind of see, you know, just how easy this whole thing can really be. And to be totally honest, I live that every single day. Now here's where it bit me in the butt. Um, I'm very used to eating fresh, okay? Eating as fresh as possible. Um, and that's because I'm some cool guy, to be totally honest, it actually came from, it actually stemmed from uh, when my wife and I um, were very humble living before we had kids. Um, I get into that in the YouTube video, so I don't need to get into that here. But, you know, basically, like, long story short, we were young. I was, like, maybe 24. I think my wife was 23 when we bought our house. Uh, back then, you can get crazy financing on everything, like in the house, everything from like, you know, no, no payments for like, you know, six, you know, six months, 12 months, you know, 18 months. And like we did what probably any kid would do when they first buy a house and they have all this, you know, available credit. You know, we basically chucked the house full of everything we can get our hands on. Um, you know, hey, you know, Internet package, blah, blah, you know, cable package, phone package, no payments for three months. You know, long story short. Um, we planned with a budget living at my parents' house in my old bedroom. We moved into the house. Our budget didn't match. We were kind of a little overextended, but we were like, oh, hey, no worries. We kind of gave ourselves room in the first place, right? And then by the time all those bills hit us in the face, along with, you know, having to buy groceries and stuff, long story short, uh, we, been, we went from looking cool to like literally I was eating ramen noodles every single day. That's how we got by. Um, at the time, I was eating at a place called Food for Less. Um, I was getting, um, gosh, I'm kind of dating myself here, but um, you could get uh, ramen noodles. Um, they had the, uh, the two different brands. There's like, there's Nissen and the other one, and there's the ramen, like, I forgot the brands, but anyways, one of the brands they would actually have on sale, 12 for a dollar, dude, eight cents. And uh, I would literally eat um, three of those, uh, three of those for, uh, you know, lunch and maybe four of them for, for dinner. And, uh, I would throw a couple of eggs in there, and that's kind of like my protein, and those were my meals back then. Uh, probably played a huge reason why I was as to why I'm type 2 diabetic, uh, but you know, just like anything else in life, you know what I mean? Uh, we take, we make the best of it and we move forward, right? I probably wouldn't change it for the world, as goofy as that sounds. Anyway, come full circle. I'm shopping, okay? I'm behind. I'm working crazy hours, right? Um, naturally. And... Uh, Next thing you know, like, I'm kind of like the last dude to the party. I went to the grocery store last night, and it sucks when your choices are what everybody didn't want, <laughs> okay? And that sucked. The good news is, is that, man, at least, like, the veggies were there and stuff like that. But when they're going to lock us down, and that's what we're going to talk about right now, the lockdown, right? Um, yeah. You know, to say that I'm perfectly prepped and all that other stuff would be a farce. That would be total horse crap. So here's what 
I'm doing. Okay, so if you haven't, um, if you, you know, lo- locked and loaded and you've got like, you know, a military supply of whatever, high five. Okay, uh, my good friend and the gentleman that I work with uh, at work or work for, um, you know, um, yeah, very smart man, totally ahead of the curve, uh, has a baby on the way. God bless the baby. And so, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in that boat. And uh, so, yeah, I literally go out. And here's what I'm doing. I think that if you are anything like me, please consider some of the same ideas. Okay. Um, when we are locked down, um, if you haven't seen my uh, video on um, my YouTube video on um, like, like the bone broth um, and even chicken soup. So essentially what I'm doing is I love those little bubble chickens that we get from Costco. I bought like four of them, you know, just because they're super easy meal prep. Real easy to make salads, super easy to eat, you know, healthy, fresh. I think they're like five bucks for a chicken, right? Um, even if you're on a budget, by the way, um, I mean, dude, you can turn those chickens in like five, like four servings, right? Which is like a dollar twenty-five. By the time you put some greens and then like a salad under that thing, it's like two bucks for a meal and you're stuffed. Anyway, um, and it takes like five minutes to make. Anyway, um, healthier, faster, and far more tastier than like drive-through. Anyway, um, I would usually take those carcasses and make bone broth out of them. I got this a lot when I was doing the whole super paleo thing, you know, bone broth, everything, right? And the cool thing about that is here's what I, an idea that you may want to play with. Make some, I'm making bone broth. And one of the cool things is, is that inside of the stores, everyone kind of abandoned some of the best stuff, meaning like sage, rosemary, garlic, onions, right? So now what I'm essentially doing is I'm taking these carcasses. So I'm basically, you know, meal prepping or whatever. And then I'm taking these carcasses, throwing them in a pot, filling it with water, garlic, sage, rosemary, right? Some onion, um, you know, um, um, celery and carrot. Okay. And now I've got these crazy bone broth, like just super rich in vitamins, super rich in nutrients, right? Sitting on the pot. Now, I haven't made it yet. I'm going to be doing that here uh, tomorrow. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're on lockdown, okay, before you get on lockdown, if you can, the stores are still open, um, you know, go ahead and pick up some of those bubble chickens, those, some of those pre-made chickens, okay? Um, super, super way to get some really easy nutrition in, very little work, very easy meal prep, and then... Those carcasses, don't throw, throw those things in the trash. Um, you know, obviously make some bone broth, okay? Bring out that paleo person in you. Ta-da! Super, super simple, okay? Now you're literally giving your family high-end bone broth for like, I don't know, 40 cents a cup or something stupid. You know what I mean? But yeah, awesome way to get your, your vitamins in. Obviously, my uh, if you don't know anything about me, my wife is I married into a Jewish family from New York. Okay, some good old fashioned Yiddish penicillin. Okay, some some bone, some some chicken broth. Okay, it's from the old country. Okay, awesome stuff. Okay, put some good old fashioned chicken soup and some bone broth to use in your life. All right. Um, the other thing there is that man, as simplistic as this may sound. Feel free to stock up on your little vitamins, 
All right. Stay up on the vitamins and the nutrients. Okay. Stay up on your sleep. Okay. This probably comes from the world's biggest hypocrite. Okay. Like we have this beautiful dog. Her name is Chloe. She thinks that she's like a two pound puppy still. She's an English bulldog. She's like 50 pounds and she plops on you like a sack of potatoes. Okay. Like a sack of rice. Okay. Like a sack of flour. And she thinks she's cute, but she wakes you up in the middle of the night. And then what's worse is that she wants to cuddle with you and she doesn't know any better. So she not only like plops on you, but because she wants to cuddle against you, she's going to like dig the covers off of you to where you're waking up shivering in like three in the morning. Okay. That's me. Okay. Anyway, get your rest up, get your water in, get your vitamins in. Here's another thing you want to consider, okay? Um, if and where possible, this is going to be super basic, but it's kind of crazy how um, people kind of forget. And I can only say that because when I went to the stores yesterday, these were parts, of, these were things that were in abundance um, in certain places. So your frozen veg, your frozen protein, Um, I saw some really good salmon burgers, you know, on sale. I saw some really good, um, man. So there's a, uh, a a store chain called Ralph's that I normally go to. Um, they also have, um, ironically, I used to, I see the same brand name brand called Kroger. I used to see that when I would go to food for less, they're obviously part of the same company or same distribution chain, or they sell the same brands or whatever. Um, but man, you can literally get everything from like frozen broccoli, spinach, um, all these different veggies for like a dollar a box. Okay. Um, awesome way to not only feed yourself, stay healthy, right? When folks are eating like, you know, crackers and stuff like that, um, you know, you can get in there and get some solid nutrition, right? Solid nutrition and not spike the blood sugar and be way healthier and feed the body and protect the body in ways that most folks aren't doing right now, you know? I went down like the graham cracker aisle, all that stuff is gone. And, you know, people are looking at like military rations and that's cool. Hey man, you know, whatever. Um, I don't want to feed into the paranoia. However, we're going to get into some stuff that I think some people really need to kind of think about on both sides of the coin. And so, you know what? Yeah, let's just do that. So real quick to recap, as far as like, you know, dealing with things on lockdown, um, don't forget the basics. You know what I mean? More than anything, if you got that, I'm sure you probably got that. But yeah, you know, don't don't lose sight of the basics. Um, you know, more than anything, attack it. Like I, I would attack. I would stay proactive more than anything on the education side, on the nutrition side, on your health side, on protecting the people that you love side. Right? Super, super basic. Uh, my beloved sister-in-law. Shouts out to Mindy. Um, she's sick, you know, she got sick and she's not, you know, not coronavirus. It's just, it just so happened, happens to be that part of time where, you know, it's hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. She caught, you know, uh, she ended up getting a little bit sick and bless her heart. Um, normally my daughter spends a lot of time with her. She's let her know, Hey babes, you know, not this time. You're gonna have to stay home, you know, and good on her, right? Good old fashioned defense. Um, obviously if that's you inside your own home, um, you know, maybe you need to isolate yourself in ways that uh, that don't compromise uh, don't compromise others. Same way we probably would any other day, anyway, because we're not trying to get the people that we love sick, right? Just not necessarily paranoia, but waking up to being proactive, using good old fashioned common sense, going deep into the basics as far as playing good old fashioned deep defense and even offense. Okay, getting your sleep in, 
quality food, keeping your immune system up. Um, yeah, high five, love. Now, let's get into the part where I don't think people are talking about it. And I think it would be a disservice if I didn't share this with you. Okay, so here we go. Um, working at work, so I work in the world of finance. And it's very funny because it's extremely black and white. I mean, if you want to talk about, uh, you know how kids, when they're like three, four, five years old, and they're like, you're ugly, uh, uh, you're ugly, whatever that is, you know what I mean? Like, they, there's just something there, and they just call it out for what it is, okay? And may, they might not mean bad, <laughs> right? But they're just saying, like, what they see for what it is. That in so many ways, is so true about the finance market. And what's funny is, is people put ties on and they're like, oh, yeah, you know. And um, when so much of it, so much of what's really happening is it's systemic. It's very transparent. It's very, if you really, here, let me put it this used to you this way. This is kind of funny. Um, I always, I always, whenever we talk, whenever it comes to like finances and stuff like that, um, I always tell people ever looking to even considering getting into the business. I'm like, you know what's funny? If you want to affirm, like confirm and even confirm just as much as even completely shatter a lot of the beliefs and feelings that we might have around money and people with money, get into the finance business. (laughs) You'll probably laugh and like have the biggest cups of coffee probably more than anyone else. And I say that just because you know, it's funny because that's so much how type two diabetes is, right? It's like, Hey, look, like, um, um, you know, we can feel a particular way about food. And if we don't address that on an internal level and don't understand that diabetes doesn't care about us, it doesn't care about our history. It doesn't care about what we love. It doesn't care about any of that stuff then it kind of like gives us a good cup of coffee to say, hey, look, one, I need to kind of like address what's going inside, make maybe make peace with it and find a way to maybe even empower myself in that way and embrace and give myself that self-love or even a place to air that out. The second that we have that, we now have, we can now like objectively go right at the very thing that's coming after us. And then once we actually just like, you know, kind of attack it, right? A lot of these same simple ideas of like, you know, what are foods that I love that work well with my blood sugar, right? Like that's not hard at all. We call it out for what it is, and then, you know, it's not really the big monster that so many of us have been led to believe. Um, And I say that because, you know, when we now look at all these other people who've completely turned their lives around, and whether it's on Facebook, you know, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is, or even like this podcast, which I really need to kind of go back to interviewing more and more people. Um, I just haven't because I've been super busy, but anyway... You know, we, we, when you see it through someone else's eyes and actually see someone who'd struggle maybe even more so or the same or in a relative way or, um, you know, just in general and be able to turn that around in their own way, it really kind of turns things around. That being said, let me share with you something that I don't think the news comes even remotely talk, close to talking about. And I think it would be a disservice if I didn't cover that with you right now. Okay. So what we're going to do real quick is we're going to step outside of the world of diabetes and even step outside of the world of coronavirus, COVID-19, and just look at something else in relate and how it kind of like relates to the same way. Because if you can get the light bulb here, 
then it can obviously make it can it can click for you somewhere else when it comes to either type 2 diabetes or even COVID-19. Here we go. So my dad came to this country basically homeless. Okay, long story short, uh, my grandfather was a Filipino soldier in the U.S. military, served in the Death March in Bataan in World War II as part of the, uh, you know, part of the concentration camp um, where they, they called it the Death March, where they marched all these different people anyways. And if you like fell or whatever, they basically just shot you in the head and then they, you'd literally have to carry someone else's body. And it was just, it was sad, very, very sad time. Long story short, the rules were different th- back then and that when my dad was born, he lived for a while after. But my, when my dad was born, he was born in a naval base or in a uh, in a Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. And they basically said, hey, kid, when you turn 21, whether you know anyone or not, you're going to America. Because you were born on a U.S. Uh, US base, American base. And so long story short, it was a blessing and a curse. My dad was like, all right, I'm going to America. But he didn't, know, he didn't have anywhere place to stay. His brother was in the military. And uh, anyways, long story short... Um, Came over here homeless, okay? Always worked a blue-collar job, okay? And instead of working at the post office um, in Long Beach before moving to Huntington, his dad was like, or his co-worker was like, hey, Dave, do you want to sell your house? And my dad's like, why would I ever want to sell my house? Because by this time he had bought a house. And his friend's like, hey, like being some little, you know, co-worker, half post office guy, half real estate agent guy is like, yeah, well, you know, you've lived in your house for a while the value actually kind of like went up and like, you know, it's kind of worth more. So if you ever wanted, you can like, you know, do extra stuff with that money. You know, you could probably move and whatever. Long story short, my dad did end up moving, moved us to Huntington Beach. Um, What's funny about that is that little did my dad's coworker know that was the catalyst for my dad. Okay. My dad then went on to buy another property. And then another property, and then a duplex, and a triplex, ended up buying an entire cul-de-sac. He now owns properties, you know, both domestically and abroad, all while working at the Huntington Beach Post Office as a window clerk. Always kept his blue-collar job, okay? And also, that's part of the reason why I think I have part of the work ethic that I do, because my dad, we didn't have money when I was growing up to afford to have... Um, you know, people to repair the house. So we did it. Um, back then, there was no internet. And back then, like, your your Home Depots would have a big book section. So my dad would literally go down there. God bless his heart. He'd have, like, 20 bucks to his name. Would go down there. He would go to Home Depot with a legal pad. Take notes. Buy whatever material we would fix the thing for, like, 5, 10, 15, whatever it was. Maybe it was, like, a little bit more. Because obviously this is back when things were a little cheaper. Would fix the house. The tenant's house. That would be the difference of being able to then go. And if it's actually still there. There's a place called uh, Walk on the Run or China Walk, I think it is, on Warner in Huntington Beach. We would get a three entree combo meal. You know the, the little single plate thing that they have? And you could put three different items in there and put like fried rice and and noodles we would get all noodles, three entrees. We had a rice cooker at home. My dad would turn on the rice cooker before we left for Long Beach. So on the way back, we would pick up that one that meal that's supposed to be for one person and we would share it between four of us. And that's how he basically built, you know, step by step by step, 
um, into his own little real estate thing now. Okay. Um, fast forward. He did this. He started all this stuff in the 80s. And he's gone through this thing called, I think it was like Black Monday or Black Friday. Black Monday, I think it was, where the stock market crashed. Um, he did it through the dot-com boom in the 90s. He went through it with the um, the housing boom in the 2000s, obviously. And when even when it hit in 2008, the rippling effect um, didn't really bottom out until 2012. And I say that because he's kind of like, you know, D, you know, they call me DK because my dad's name is Davis also. So he's like, DK, you know, like, this is kind of a pattern. Like, people kind of forget that something just happened. And because they forget, it only makes it easier for it to happen again. And he goes, what's funny is, is he goes, D, if you ever go back to like, you know, basically... If you go back pretty much forever almost, it just keeps happening, right? Ever since the great crash, like there was the crash and then there was the rolling, you know, the roaring 30s, right? And then after that, there was, there was 1940, you know what I mean? Like it was the same, same thing over and over and over. And uh, in the end, one thing causes a rippling effect, a huge rippling effect. And what I mean by that is that at work, to bring that kind of like, I'm going to bridge that to work and then I'll bridge that obviously to what COVID and maybe that might mean for type 2 diabetics and how this may or may not apply to you. I am not a doctor or psychologist. I'm not giving financial advice. Um, look, I'm just the guy sharing not only what I'm living through, my ideas, and please feel free to take all of this simply as entertainment. Okay, laugh at my mistakes, laugh at my ideas. I'm just being completely upfront and transparent on what I feel and what I've experienced and what I'm seeing going on right now. Here we go. So at work, working for a finance company, I'm sure you can already imagine that there's a lot of investors that work with us, people that are real estate investors. And so when they see the market go through these swings, they jump on it in ways that are usually different from the usual guy the regular average Joe, me even. I'm the I'm, I'm an average Joe. I'm not anyone special. Okay, and here's what I mean. Even when rates are kind of like volatile and stuff like that, swinging up and down or whatever, just like they have in the last couple of days here, they're not even really worried about that part. Because they know, and same thing that my dad has done coming to this country homeless, is they understand that usually the biggest fortunes are made, not at the top, but at the bottom. Because if you get in at the bottom and it comes back up, you're in the, you know, you're in the gold. And not only that, since it's cycle, it's a cycle, it's a cyclical thing. It's like a roller coaster. You're just waiting for it to come down and then you, you know, jump on, you ride it up and then whatever, right? I'm saying that because what a lot of these people are doing, even when rates are going up and down, some of these investors are, are happy to lose a little bit of money up front. And they're, what they're basically doing is, let's say they have like 10 properties. And let's say only like four or five or six of them have a mortgage on them. And let's say they have a lot of equity. But they know that the market's going to take a dump. So they're like, fine, that's totally cool. I will leverage these properties, make a profit off of them still. I'll leverage them pennies on the dollar. And then when the market turns, 
I'll go ahead and purchase again, pennies on the dollar. It's a double dip for them. So when normal people like you and I are like, ah, you know, I went from like a freaking, you know, a 3.2 to like a 3.6 or a whatever. They're not even, they're like, dude, that's fractions of a penny. That's fractions of a penny. They're like, they're focusing on the dollar, right? Focusing on a much bigger picture. And I'm not, I'm guilty of that too. Okay. I'm guilty of that too. I'm, uh, I look at both sides of that coin, right? So, um, I'm totally a believer in, Hey, look, you know, like you mind the pennies, the dollars take care of themselves, right? Which is totally true. At the same time, there is a bigger picture at play that we all need to stay mindful of, you know, and that way we can do the right thing for us, whatever that is, right? There's no right or wrong. There's just whatever is good for us, right? Everybody's a little bit different. And so I say that because two things. Okay. Um, I can't say the name of the investment company um, out of respect for the fact that he's a client of mine. But he's like, Davis, the housing market, you know, basically had bottomed out in 2012. It's, you know, it, it crashed, it hit, and there was a rippling effect of, you know, stimulus package this, and he's like, name one that worked. And I was like, Okay, it's a zero. He goes, yeah, do you think all that money spent just, you know, came out of the sky? He goes, no, that came out of people's pockets. So that's what drove it down, obviously. They don't ever talk about that in the news. I wonder why. But anyways, that's a whole other discussion. So essentially, long story short, it didn't bottom out until um, uh, 2012. If you want to look this up, it's a publicly traded index. I think it's called the Case-Shiller. Okay. Anyways, it's... it's, um, they have the uh, Case Shiller. I think it's like the 20, the 50, and the 100, where they basically uh, are basing this off of the top metropolitan cities, top 50 cities, top 20 cities, top 100, whatever. Anyways. Um, and so he's like, yeah, it, it basically bottomed out in like, you know, 2012, meaning that it hit the wall and then there was a rippling effect that went on for a while after. And it costed people, but because people didn't see where it was coming from, they lost out not knowing they were losing out. And I was like, okay. And he goes, well, Davis, they've been artificially low since like 2012. He goes, can you imagine the person who has like a 10-year savings bond and rates have been that low for that long? Where's that money going to come from, Davis? And I'm like, I don't know. And I still don't know. And that gentleman didn't know. But he's like, Someone's getting a haircut and something's going to happen. And he's like, that's why I'm ready to buy a bunch of you know property, pennies on the dollar. And this gentleman was not only younger than myself, um, his ideologies have paid him in dividends. Okay. He's very well off. Let me put it that way. And he also came from very humble beginnings. I share that with you because this isn't, you know, market 101, none of that stuff. Finance 202, none of that crap. No, 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 no. What this is, is um, when I look at type 2 diabetes, and if you haven't seen, you know, documentaries like Dirty Money, actually, you know what? Forget the documentaries. If you've been a type 2 diabetic for long enough, and we look at the simple growth of inflation. You're like, oh, okay, great. You know, like 
inflation's at like, you know, what, I don't know, three, four, five percent, whatever it is, right? Um, national, you know, growth is at whatever. And then when we look at the medicines that type 2 diabetics are, pl- are paying for, they far exceed the speed and how, how expensive they're getting over time versus almost the rest of the market. At least faster than inflation, at least faster than the cost of growth, right? The cost of living, right? That's getting more and more expensive. If we look at that trend versus the cost of type 2 diabetic uh, or medicines that are, that are common for type 2 diabetics, it's not even a race, it's not even close. And I say that because for a lot of type 2 diabetics, this affects a lot of people who are in a blue-collar living. And there's nothing wrong with a blue-collar living. I was raised with one and I have a blue-collar work ethic, even though I have a white-collar job. Okay. I'm a regular dude. Stand in line at Costco and enjoy my hot dog just like anyone else. And I'm concerned. I'd be lying through my teeth if I didn't say that I'm concerned. Um, When we look at the fact that things are shutting down completely. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a lot of money lost. Um, for everybody, for the local economy, tax dollars, um, the amount of money that'll be made online shopping versus letting everybody go out and spend and live as they normally do won't even come close won't even come close. It's almost like the way that I look at it, it's almost like retirement, right? You're like, hey, you know, Davis, you make, you know, X or, you know, Susan, like let's say Johnny X makes $100,000 a year and they allocate like 15% of their income to retirement. 15%? That's like an 85% loss in living, Right? And then you're like, okay, well, when we do that and we look at the fact that, you know, bread, milk and cheese, the the cost of that going up far exceeds what pretty much anybody ever gets in their in their annual uptake in social security or whatever. Doesn't look good. And I say that because it's something to, if we're, if we're going to be proactive about getting our sleep, getting our vitamins in, getting our supplements in, making sure you're taking your medicines, getting quality food in, staying hydrated. I think it's going to, I think it's time for people to maybe consider taking the same sort of proactive Open-mindedness to learn. Open-mindedness to take action. And open-mindedness to prep themselves to potentially be ready 
for something much bigger around the corner that nobody else sees coming, that the media doesn't talk about. Because, let's put things in perspective. My mom is an executive for an import-export company. And at work, one of the guys that manages the building that I'm in uh, typically travels, construction company typically travels to manage other projects. And so he's in my office and he's making these phone calls and he's he's talking to other people and he's um, starting to prep and look at, you know, what other projects they have. And one of the floors, one of the stories in one of the buildings that they manage is an import-export company. And so he's talking and, you know, two of the other floors are finance companies and obviously they're swinging up and down so that everyone's working like 19 million hours or whatever. And uh, he asks about the shipping company, the import-export company. And his cohorts on the other phone, on the other line say they haven't been there in over two weeks. Because nobody wants to touch anything coming off a boat in and out of Asia. And I stop and I'm like, huh. Okay. That's international trade, right? That's country to country. That's supplies going in and out. If you're ever bored, look up a port to put things in perspective. Look at up. If you've ever gone to a Costco and you see how big it is, right? Go to a port and look at the containers going in and out. It makes Costco look like a liquor store. The reliance of Everything going out of this country, coming into this country. Forget all of that. What about the money being made? Do we now understand why Wall Street is freezing? It's up one thing. It's down another thing. The pundits on TV will show you, yeah, certain things are going up. What they don't show you is all the other crap that's crashing all around it. God bless the media. They hype us in one way. They scare us in another way. And they don't tell the entire truth. Sucks. And I say that because I don't have all the answers. Don't. I'm not going to stand on a rock and be like, hey, here's how to do it. One, two, three. No. No. I'm on the front lines just like you. And what I would say is to, you may want to consider talking to your doctor. And this is really just kind of a smart move to do in the first place anyway. When it comes to some of your medicines, maybe doing some of these bulk buys. Sometimes you're going to get discounts of anywhere from 20, 30, 40%. Buying anywhere from Two, three, four, and if the if it if the uh, if the prescriptions allow it, or even if your healthcare network allows it, maybe even four or five months out, in a way to potentially you know, not only save money now, which I mean, what's the worst that can happen? If nothing happens, well, 
guess what? You just save money on a bulk buy that people do every day anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that's not really much of a loss, you know? Uh, and Lord willing, it, it would be a good loss if you did, right? Let's say in the interim, you turn your health around. You don't have to take those medicines anymore. Amen. Okay? High five. My heart's with you. Um, in the same breath, I'm not... If you listen to my other thing, like the whole politics and diet gurus and what they're not telling us and stuff, clearly you could probably understand that I think that there's a lot that um, there's, there's, there's just good and bad when it comes to politics, obviously, like, just like anything else in life. And one of the things that kind of got me was when this guy, uh, this gentleman, Bernie Sanders, and I'm not like proponent of him. I'm not pro con him anything, but we really kind of alerted me or maybe just kind of woke me up and gave me a good cup of coffee. You may have seen this is uh, he went, he was actually fighting with some of these pharmaceutical companies because they bought a brand, uh, I think it was a type 2 diabetic medication or uh, insulin, if you will. They bought a prescription here in the U.S., jumped on a short plane flight, went to Canada, same brand, same everything at like a tenth of the price. And that's before the market was, you know, was going to see any sort of potential rippling effect. Um, I'd be lying through my teeth if I didn't admit that my heart is with everybody, first and foremost. But there's going to be a demographic of people that aren't going to see it coming and they're going to get hurt. That sucks. I don't want to see that happen. And I wish I had all the answers. Which is why I encourage you. I implore you. I implore. I implore. implore? I implore you. I don't implore you. I implore. I encourage you. I hope more than anything, I, I hope I inspire you to become more proactive, to educate yourself, to become maybe a little more open-minded. Ask questions. The same way that I would look at financial advice and seeking counsel from a few people and not just one and betting my, my betting my life on black. Or if I don't agree with one doctor's perspective when on someone's health, I mean, a copay is like 20 bucks. All right, cool. It's, you know, what the heck? I mean, I used to pay 20 bucks for, or 15 bucks for a CD in the 90s. I can't freaking get, you know, another, I wouldn't do that, pay five more bucks for another shot of my health or another, you know, another angle on my health. Like, yeah, come on, dude, you know, really. Um... You know, that level of honesty, that level of common sense, that level of proactiveness for ourselves and the people that we love. That is how we're going to crush this whole thing. That's how we're going to do it. What are the exact steps? I'm doing my homework. I promise you. And everything that I'm learning, I see, I feel, I'm picking up or whatever, I'm more than happy to give you. My heart's with you, dude. Love you. Go out there. Crush it. 
right? Get some oxygen in the blood, get some oxygen in the system, uh, um, <clears throat> learn, take action. All right. Take some action. All right, dude. I love you. I'm out of here. Later.